This series is produced by the folks at Vic Health, Victoria's health promotion agency. And I think that's what the social um, circles in my case have done. That like you know they've given me confidence that um, yeah I can get through that particular day and then I can make something of myself. Hello and a big welcome to In Good Health. I'm your host, Dr. Sandro. I'm a medical doctor, public health expert, Vic Health CEO, and foodie. Well, it's our last episode for the season, and I wanted to start by just thanking each and every one of you for joining us across the episodes. I really hope you've enjoyed the amazing conversations and stories as much as I have. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Ravi Bodnam, one of our fantastic Future Healthy community champions. Ravi made Melbourne his home in 2018 after moving to Australia as an international student. As a member of the LGBTIQA community, Ravi is a passionate advocate in this space for young people, volunteering with the organisation Out for Australia. In today's episode, I'll sit down with Ravi and discuss the value of meaningful social connection, the importance of creating safe spaces for young people and why trusting yourself always pays off. Ravi, welcome. Thank you. So nice to finally meet you. I feel like we kind of know each other from watching your incredible content and information about you on on the Future Healthy website and social media. So it's an absolute pleasure to finally meet the real man himself. Likewise, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, Ravi, I just want to ask you, first of all, tell me a little bit about your, your journey and um, how you found yourself uh, in Melbourne. Um, that's quite an interesting story. I never wanted to move to Melbourne and then it was not at all on my radar to begin with. So um, I I graduated fresh out of uni with a degree in uh, information technology. Then I got a grad role at an, at an IT consulting firm and then I was doing IT consulting for like two and a half to three years. And um, um, suddenly I was like, um, is this what I want to do with my life? And then like, you know, you know, all that, all the thought process and then questions of like, you know, um, I don't think I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So where, where were you at this point, Ravi? Um, I was in India. Oh, I, was okay. in, I was in Hyderabad, yeah. Okay. And then I took a break, travelled to Bhutan for like 10 days and um, got, kind of did a bit of soul searching and then uh, kind of understood that, yeah, this is not meant for me. And mm. then um, I came back home and then I was like, um, hey, mom and dad, I think this is not meant for me. And then they were like, shut up, just go to work today. <laughs> So I went to work. I was um, I, I was doing this presentation to clients, and then once my part was done, I was just sitting down, and then I I saw myself like writing my resignation letter um, oh, wow. without even like knowing that I was doing it, and uh, that's when I knew that like yes, this is life exactly yeah, life has changed. This is not for me. So I went back home, and then I had a discussion with my parents, and then they were like, yes, if if you're hundred percent sure, and then if you don't want to do it, that's okay. Wow. Okay. Pause. Pause. So you grew up in in India. Yeah. Okay. So so where and and tell for for those of us who don't know a lot about maybe um, you know India. Tell tell us a little bit about where you grew up and and where you were at this point in your life. Yeah. Sure. So India is a lot more than just New Delhi and Mumbai. Mm, it's a beautiful country. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm based in uh, South India, and then Hyderabad is a capital of a state called Telangana. Okay. Um, so it's it's on beautiful Deccan Plateau. Like, you know, you have, like, constant seasons. Like, you have four proper seasons, mm. unlike where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then, so, it's it's known as City of Pearls. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, and it's the food capital of South India. Mm, now you're talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're in India. Yes. And you're, 
um, at your job and you you know life's going a certain direction and suddenly you have this epiphany tell me about that because it, do, it does sound a bit hollywood kind of you know almost like the, the 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 plot of a movie but like what were you thinking what were you feeling um uh, so it was it was not, uh, there was there was not a lot of thinking behind that work wise i was really happy with like the kind of uh, thing which i'm delivering but um it just like was n- i was not really being satisfied like you know there's no wholesome feeling as such so i was like um maybe this has got to do something with me and um yeah so i just wanted to find out and um you, you have definitely taken that idea from a lot of hollywood movies where like you know <laughs> when you're having um sort of, may, uh, sort of an existential <laughs> crisis you just do soul searching go to a place but yeah. yeah so i also had like a bunch of amazing friends who wanted to go along so it was not just amazing. by myself okay. but we went uh, together so um that 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 was really good like you know i had my time to um focus on what i really want to do and then that's when i was i was also like you know i uh, coming out of that trip i knew that i wanted to um create some kind of impact and then i was really sure that like you know working 24 by 7 or like you know um uh, making a uh, corporate company structure was not my thing and then that's not what i wanted to do with my life mm-hmm. so um yeah um that's when i like you know while I was wo- while I was still working I was I started looking uh what are the other ways that I can do and then uh prior to that I was still I was already like kind of volunteering with um uh, local pride organizations and then like you know trying to organize rights uh mind you at that time you know your sexuality was still not uh legalized or recognized in in the country so it was still hard but uh we were trying to do with a group of people like you know trying to organize that awareness sessions and like you know organizing those carnivals and things to still keep things going and then like you know making uh yeah making a little bit of um awareness and then like you know wherever possible mm. point did did melbourne come into the picture my dad was like maybe like you know get get a postgrad and like you know you will have a better awareness and then he was like try try to get into a different country so that mm. like you know you would have a better exposure and then you will also try to to like you know learn the uh, living independently part of it because at that time i was still living with my parents in india and it's very yeah. common in india like you know even if you're 40 and married it's very common for 21 year olds everywhere yeah. in <laughs> australia as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that was not the first time the discussion of like you know moving abroad came into okay. the picture because um in when i was an undergrad it's it's a very common um uh thing for graduates in uh IT industry especially to move to united states to get a specialization okay. and work in united states um uh all of my close friends were already in united states at that point when i'm having the discussion with my parents it's not about the idea that i wanted to be unique but then i wanted to do something other than tech mm. i went and then i held a look at both uh university of um, new south wales and as well as the university of melbourne and then um that time melbourne was the um the most livable city, city the world's yeah. most livable city yeah so um i was like this is interesting i would and then i applied for the university of melbourne and then i got through it so awesome and so yeah. what did you think when when you were sort of you've got in you're about to leave india to come to australia to start as a student a postgrad student here in melbourne what what did you think life was going to be like in melbourne first of all i was very excited i was excited to like you know i'm not doing the thing which i'm not liking which is good so i was like this is this is a, this is check a new beginning yeah check box number 1 that's done and then i was like this is a new beginning this is this is the exact opportunity which i was kind of looking for so i was excited for it and then second i was so nervous because this is the first time that i'm moving to a country where i knew nobody mm. like no one and then so um that kind of, and then adding on to that my parents were even more anxious about that and then they were that that even increased 
my nervousness about the whole thing. So, so you arrived in Australia. When was this? When did you arrive in Melbourne? Um, 2018. 2018. So what was it like? What, what were the first months? What was your first year? What did it, was, it, was it what you expected? And, and, and tell me more about that kind of new beginning opportunity that you talked about. What changed? Um, it was not at all like what I expected it to be. Like, you know, watching movies, especially a lot of Bollywood movies, uh, which are the Indian movies, mm. um, make um, make up stories about how studying in uh, foreign countries would be like and then like, you know, how, like, you know, how you get to um, roam around with your friends and then like, you know, just hang out and then party and all those things. <laughs> and then like, um, I did have a fair share of that, but... Um, it was it was a different experience. It was not something which I saw in the movies or anything. Um, luckily, when I moved just before when I moved to Melbourne, uh, one of my friends in India um, referred me not referred me but then introduced me to one of his friends here in Melbourne, mm. who who have just moved like two years ago, but along with their partner. So um, it it was very kind of them. They were like, um, you know, uh, initially like you know while you sort out your accommodation and everything, come stay with us. Mm. Um, that initial support was um, so helpful. They uh, like when when I was when I went to the uni for the first day, um, they dropped me at the uni and they were like, um, "Good luck." And <laughs> that that felt like I still had uh, someone along with me, and then I was just not going there by myself. And so, what what was what was some of the um, what were the big challenges that you faced when you first arrived in Melbourne? You know, uh, you. you you know, you've just left your family, you've flown thousands of kilometres, you're starting something really exciting, but also, I mean, I would imagine quite scary in many ways. I mean, what, what, were, what were you feeling? The way people sell international education to you is completely different as well. Like, you know, you, you go there, you get, you get a part-time job, you work, you study, and then, like, you know, it's all, it's all amazing life. But how do you get that? So... Mm. Yeah, and then you still have to keep up the grades. Mm. And then, then came the hustle of uh, multitasking your work, plus your study, plus your social expectations and everything. So tell so me about your social expectations. Tell me about, tell me about life. You're a very, um, you know, you're a very uh, sociable person and you come across as, as sort of someone who would make friends really easily. But, I mean, tell me about the journey of coming to Australia and also just trying to build social connections in Melbourne. Um, I... I would say this. Um, uh, let, let, let's t- let's take a step back and then let's see what kind of a person I was when I was in India and then versus this, mm-hmm. and then that that kind of played a lot of importance in terms of social relationships which I built up here mm-hmm. in Melbourne. So when I was in India, I was not out to everyone. Okay. And um, so um, the kind of friendships which I made was like from uh, like I had my s- friends from my school, my schooling to high school, and then. Uh, my undergrad and everything, all of these friendships, like super quality friendships and everything. But then um, they only saw one side of me. Like, you know, I was I was leading these dual lives where one life was like, um, I'm I'm straight, I'm says uh, I'm so straight man doing like, you know, my friendships and then like, you know, faking dates and all those things and then like, you know, hang out with friends and everything. And then there was there was this other part of me where I'm still like, you know, connected to uh, a few queer people with within my uh, within the state and then like, you know, trying to hang out with them and then where I was like my whole self. Yeah. That that kind of had a lot of impact on my mental health, which I did not realize until recently. Mm. And um, when I moved to Melbourne. Um, when I when I was like you know starting fresh initially for the first one month I still was basing my relationships on that lie like I was still like leading dual relationships I was like two people two people I was like um, you know what I have a girlfriend back in India and then like you know she's gonna come later 
one uh, and then for the one month i was just testing the waters i was testing what kind of people i'm hanging out mm-hmm. with and then um one night at a friend's by the at a friend's by the party we were talking and then um uh we had a really good time like you know we hung out until like um late in the morning to to the three o'clock and then i went back home and um that night i was like um i th- i think this has to end like these people are really nice and i have an opportunity here to start everything fresh mm. so um i called one of the friends who i'm very close to uh, like you know whom i could like you know form that really bond whom i met back in india and then she came along with we we took the same flight as well to melbourne so um i i called her and then she was like why are you calling me at three o'clock <laughs> in the morning i'm like uh look i want to tell you something and she's like what i'm like i'm gay she took a she took a pause for like a minute or so and then she was like that's totally okay like then why did you lie all the time I'm like mm. um because that's what i'm used to uh it's it's really hard to um tell that to people and then like you know because yeah it's just you just can't because you're scared that like you know what if someone would out you or what if someone would like you know treat you differently mm. so um that went very well and then she was like you should tell other people as well and i'm like i don't think so i'm really scared so let me just take some time and then i took some more time and then um i um came out to two other friends at another event and that went very well as well they were like don't worry like it's not even a thing and um it's sort of uh, we we're really glad that you actually told you actually could uh, you actually told us and then you could you thought that you could trust us that's really great and then um then slowly one by one i came out to all all of the people in within my social circle and then everyone were like really great and we and the level of friendship which i built with them after that mm. is still continuing and ongoing and then i think that is something which i am really grateful for and then they were my um yeah supporting s- supportive system in the last three years and how much did it mean to you that that people around you at this point reacted in in the way that they did it meant a lot like i think even if one of them said no and um i think that would have um yeah i i don't know where that path would have taken me but that would have been really rough and it must have been i mean you were going through an incredible life transition already you you're moving from one country to another you're starting you know all of these challenges you're facing of just building a new life let alone coming out or or merging those two ravis that you had in india into one and being your true self i mean must have been an incredibly difficult um journey for you in, just in terms of managing that level of of change what how, how what were your feelings at this point how did you how did you manage all of that um it was really tough there there were a few days where i would like where i where I had insomnia i would just not i could just not sleep um um they they were multiple ses- multiple times where i like questioned myself and then is this the right thing that i have done like you know mm. maybe i should just go back to india like you know maybe i should just um do what i was doing before and um um there was uh, but whenever i hung out with these people whenever i s- spent time like you know be at the uni with them or like you know just outside it was i did not have to hide myself or like you know i did not have to lie or it was it was just so free and then like mm-hmm. i think that made everything better and then that kind of gave me confidence that i can be something and then i can do something in this country
Building and maintaining social connections with friends and family is essential for our health and well-being. Now more than ever, with the impact of COVID, we've seen just how crucial it is to check in and stay connected with those around us. However, staying socially connected and maintaining social expectations can have its challenges. In fact, our recent Coronavirus Victorian Wellbeing Impact Study revealed that for 7 in 10 young people, staying socially connected with others has become one of the most important issues during the COVID pandemic. So how can we best maintain these meaningful social connections in a healthy but sustainable way? Ravi's here to share his experiences. Tell me more about the importance of that, you know, social connection that you were building with people around you at that point. Yeah, um, look, being all by yourself in a country which is foreign to you, where people don't speak your language, um, where um, where sometimes people say that it's hard to understand your accent or where, pe- where sometimes um, people just don't get to you. Mm. And uh, it could be very lonely. Um, additionally, adding to that, um, the master's degree education, it's, mm. it's really intense. So uh, with all this, it, it, could, it could get quite lonely and then it could get like, you know, you would question yourself, as I said, in, in the past. So you really need that, need someone to support you. It could be, it could be just a friend, or it could be a group of friends, or it could be a family member. It could be a cousin, it could be your partner or anyone. But then mm. you need that support system to go to to keep yourself like you know going, and then like you know to get up every day in the morning, and then like you know um, that motivation to get through that day. And how did the pandemic then affect? You know, you're in Melbourne during you know, then a global pandemic, a once in a century pandemic, you've been here for what, 12, 18 months at this point. Yeah. How, how did you maintain, you know, that, that lot, that, that sense of connection that you built that had become so important for you in this, in this time of incredible transition? Yeah. So I think the initial lockdown was really hard because you go from seeing, seeing people every single day, go to uni every single day, you see them, you hang out with them mm. to not at all seeing them. And um, initially, it was so for the for, for the first one uh, for the first fifteen to twenty days. I was just trying to get used to, like you know, what's happening around. So I did not really even think about like you know what's happening. We were just trying to like you know make sure that like you know everyone's safe or like you know like you know everyone's getting to know what's happening with the law changes and like you know with the new rules and everything. But after that, like you know, when we have settled down into the lockdown, and mm-hmm. then like you know. But that, that I, I, we all graduated straight into COVID situation. So all of us were talking about like, you know, uh, what's going to happen like now, like, you know, are we going to get a job or what? And um, um, I was really, really fortunate enough to uh, find a job real quick. So I had that financial stability through the uh, initial lockdown, so which was good. Um, but at the same time, a uh, few of my friends were still trying to find jobs and then like, you know, they, they would hit, uh, sometimes they they would ju- they would just call you and then say that like you know, am I ever going to make something like you know is it ever going to happen or do you think I should just go back to it? and then they, at the same time there were a few of my friends who just moved back to their countries, um, either because they found they found jobs there or they just thought that like you know this is not a right idea to stay back anymore or yeah so friends are dispersed first mm. and then second like you know their circumstances have changed so um, it was like the people whom you reach out to when you are when you're feeling down. 
are now feeling down mm. so we all are in the same boat and then how do we how do we navigate the situation mm. that that was um that was kind of a question mark which was which we all were going through and then like so through all that period we tried to uh stay connected through zoom calls we tried to do facetimes like you know sometimes we would just we would just facetime each other put the phone down and then we we would work <laughs> like you know we would still be there and then mm-hmm. um uh, uh, straight after work like you know a phone call to see how was the day or like you know what are you doing or in the mo- in the morning just before like you know starting work i'm like hey you got up what's mm-hmm. up like ha- what have you got planned for today and um uh, in the weekends when we were allowed to like you know have bubble buddy like i had my close friends in my bubble buddy so um we used to go for go out for walks we used to hang out with each other so that was good um that kind that way we still kind of uh kept the connection and then like it was really sweet for one of our friends to organize an online graduation ceremony for us <laughs> um so uh, she organized a zoom call with all of her parents and us and then like you know she did like you know a, a mock a mock virtual graduation ceremony it was really nice it was so beautiful so through all these ways we still try to connect and then that, that's one of the reasons why i think online connections are so important mm. and um is so grateful for the technology And what about specifically for um the LGBTQIA+ community because you you you're a you're a really pa- a passionate advocate um you know in this space for young people navigating those parts of their life as well and that part that important part of their identity what you know what role do you think kind of social connections but particularly digital connections play for for young people you know navigating these important parts of of you know the first couple of decades of their life yeah um um uh, outside of work i volunteer for an organization called art for australia i'm the national communications director for that organization um um when the covid hit we were we were not really sure what we were, what we were going to do because we are um we are the australia's largest lgbtqia plus mentoring uh, we offered the mentoring program wow, okay. yeah and so that that's a place where like you know people could connect with one another like you know you could go find a mentor or a mentee and um uh along with that we organize a lot of networking events so that people could come together we organize a lot of panel discussions on um uh being your authentic selves at workplace so mm. that's that's our primary mission as well so that um so it was um we were we were not really sure but now that there are no um face to face events or face to face meetings where people could come together uh we we were not really sure what we were going to do and then like you know we took a month break as everyone did and then we reassessed and then we tailored all these online events as an offering for uh, people to attend and then um we we did a lot of quality events in terms of having discussions around sexuality gender um were uh, navigating those uh, wor- workplace co- difficult conversations about your sexuality or like you know even if you're like you know just starting your career in workplace um how is it going to be, be as a graduate and then we offered a lot of um support for queer students mm. through events and everything and then that uh, we had a huge influx of um people participating because now if you made it online like you know you don't have to co- a lot of people who are close to it for example you they may not feel comfortable coming to a queer queer themed event because um they they might be afraid of like you know someone seeing them or someone like you know mm-hmm. outing them out so now uh these online spaces kind of created them that uh that safety net around them that like you know you don't have to switch on your camera like you know it's mm-hmm. a webinar so you could just sit there and listen what's happening and then uh you could just connect with people and then for example the uh the 
after Australia's mentoring program. It's all online, and then mm. um, you could you could connect with real authentic people because um, they have they have their bios and their their like you know clear description of what they are uh, what they are and the, what they are looking for. So you can actually match with those mentors and mentees as well. So all these ways, um, I think um, we have, we were able to create that um, support system for queer young people. And I suppose in in a way making it digital as you say it gives agency it allows people to kind of choose how much they want to share or not share but also i would i would imagine it allows more young people from different parts of victoria or australia or or even beyond to be able to join because physically you don't have to be in in a in a place which can often be a, a barrier financial or or physical yeah, definitely. And then because we are a volunteer-led and volunteer-run organization, so we have very limited budgets to work with. Mm. So the the reach was very limited. Like we, we could spread as much as we can to all all metro cities, but in regional areas it was very limited. Mm. We we could do uh, we could do a few workshops in regional New South Wales, we could do a few workshops in regional Victoria, but reaching out other areas was very difficult to do cost and uh, whatnot. But with these online offerings and then like you know targeted um targeted advertisements and everything we were able to reach reach out to like you know regional regional australia overall and then try to like you know um get provide that support to uh people in those regional rural and remote areas as well and how much ravi do you think your own experiences of at, at times feeling lonely or going through these incredible life transitions how much has that informed your leadership in your work uh, in the LGBTIQA plus community more broadly or your work in creating safe spaces for young people? Yeah, so um, I think my personal experience was uh, quite helpful in um, shaping up those um, activities and engagement activities for uh, queer people because uh, I I kind of, I know what it is to be, um, to be scared or to be like, you know, to save yourself from humiliation and prejudice. I know um, what what it is what it would make you feel when you have to live that dual life or like you know when you have to be closeted and everything and at the same time i kind of understand um that it's it's not like you know um one size fits all mm. like you know we all are various def- uh, like we all are different people and then like you know uh the uh the rainbow community is so diverse and we have so much to offer at the same time like i knew that i was good I was good with communication. I knew that I could use uh, the marketing knowledge which I'm learning at the university to put to put it to some good, and then that's what I was doing with Art for Australia. And what advice would you have for young people who might be listening, or maybe someone who has a younger brother or a child um, who you know is going through a major life transition, and and the importance of social connections or or advice even for yourself if you speaking to Ravi of 2018. Um, I would say uh, be patient. Mm. I would I would say trust the process. Mm. And um, what do you mean by that? Trust the process. Trust, uh, as in um, trust that you're doing right, and then like you know you have come where you have come because you're destined to come there. Mm. Yeah, and then um, have a bit more faith in yourself. And where to next, Ravi? What's what's where are we going to find you in the next couple of years? How can we be part of your journey? What's what's getting you excited at the moment? One thing with COVID has um, taught me is to um, pace yourself and then enjoy what you're going through and then not overthink about what the future is going to look like. Good advice. (laughs) 
so um that that's what covid has uh, taught me as well and then um for now i'm i'm planning what i'm going to do in the next 2 to 3 months but not more than that the major thing which is coming up is i'm planning to go to india in february and finally officially come out to my parents oh, fingers wow. crossed for that yeah how do you feel about that nervous anxious yeah. and um excited at the same time amazing one final question you you're a community champion uh, with us here at vic health uh, as part of future healthy which involves you know using your voice and your wisdom and uh, your leadership to you know i suppose think about and advocate for a better future for all people across victoria and even beyond what does a future healthy look like for you ravi what does a future healthy look like for me um the day where everyone can be their authentic selves truly and uh, where um everyone's supported everyone feels that um they're encouraged mm. that's what the future healthy is cheers to that i say Ravi, it's been absolutely amazing to spend the last half an hour with you. Thank you so much. Um, your leadership, your voice, your wisdom um, and your strength is to be admired and we can't wait to keep following your journey and to stay in touch. Thank you for joining In Good Health. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, a big thank you for listening to the In Good Health podcast. I really enjoyed recording this season and I would love to know how it was for you. Please share your thoughts with us with a review, a rating, hopefully five stars, and share it with your friends and family. For now, we're taking a little break and we'll be back in 2022 with more episodes for you. A very big thank you to my incredible team that makes this podcast possible, Alice, Marquie, and Victor in production. And in the meantime, to find out more about our work, head over to our website vichealth.vic.gov.au and make sure you check us out on social under at @vichealth. Well finally team, just want to wish you all a very very safe and happy end to 2021. It's been an incredibly tough year for so many out there. Make sure you take some time at the end of this year to reflect and digest, reconnect with those you love. From all of us here at Vic Health and particularly myself, stay safe and see you in 2022.